Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Mules and Goats podcast. I am your host, The Bear, and we have a special, special episode for you uh, today. Um, we're actually going to freestyle uh, this episode tonight. So um, with me, I have The Mule with me. Mule, you Yeah, there? what's up, baby? How y'all doing? Uh, Good. Just wanted to say uh, this is a great day to be an American, and uh, I'm excited about our special guest Copy that. So we do have two special guests on the phone with us today. And then uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. We have Tylen Jackson on What's the phone. What's going on? What's going on? And we also have Brooke. Hi. Brooke and Tylen are living in Detroit. They are my niece and nephew, actually. Uh, so they're family. We're all family here on this podcast. So welcome them to the show. Um, they'll be obviously joining in on all the hot takes that we have to go over today. So welcome to Mules and Goats. So the first topic that we have that we want to talk about today is actually um, the last episode we talked about what we're thankful for, the new year, um, what that looks like and how we feel. Um, but, you know, one thing that we didn't layer in is just um, you know, whether it be church, God, religion, how we feel, the importance that it plays in our life, um, you know, what we think about it, how it, you know, governs how we move from day to day. So I just wanted to open up, you know, to uh, anybody can go, whether it be you, Mule, whether it's you, Brooke, or Thailand, anybody can chime in first and just kind of give me like uh, your thoughts and reflections on uh, God and religion. So I, I wanted, this is the Mule. I, I wanted to take a minute Um Many times people get mixed up between um, being spiritual and religion and, um, and, and what that means. One of the, the, the things that I talk to folks about is, is you, you have to know who you are and understand that we're spiritual beings. And if you, I tell people this all the time. Stop looking at people as flesh. We are spiritual beings. God made us in his own image, number one. Number two, the physical bodies that we have are designed to live 120 years. Take a moment, read your Bible, read Genesis. God said that man's years will be 120 years. And so many times, we don't, we don't live up to that 120 years because of what we do to our flesh. Let's set that aside. The confidence that I've had as a leader, as a man, as a father, a brother, big brother, friend, it all, quite honestly, comes from um, my belief in God. Because, number one, A, I believe that there is a God. Number two, that... He made us in his own image. With that, that means I'm all powerful. That means that no matter what, no matter what happens to me, that I know that God has my back. And so while that may be um, not, uh, it, it's probably not a traditional way to look at leadership and life, but it gives me confidence to know that, um, that, that I, as a Christian, I know who I am. And I know that my God is with me at all times. And so I, I just wanted to, to share that because people always talk about 
um, some people say, well, you know what, you, I pull myself up by my own bootstraps or, um, or the flip side of it is they said, you can do all things through God and, and you, and only God can make things happen. Well, one of the, one of my favorite things that I've seen, I, I forgot the meme, but it talked about how, yes, God is with you. Yes. Um, God is always in control, but you have to make day-to-day decisions and you have to do something in order for God to be able to bless you. And so I I bring all that up. I bring this subject of God up is because I recently attended a, um, a gospel concert and I was really, really proud of my, my, my son and daughter, Brooke and Tyler. They, they, they did a fantastic job, but it just touched me that they, this younger generation that we say is the lost generation, that millennials are going to hell, the country's going to hell. And here we are, this couple, this great strong couple are there celebrating God on a Friday night. It just made me, I was just very proud. Um, But I I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, bring up the point of, you know, we're we're all human. We all make mistakes. Um, We all sin. But you, you, you have to remember that that's the physical outer body. What is your spirit like? What, what do you really believe? Do you believe God is always with you? If you do, then your confidence level should be sky high. Because no matter how many mistakes you make, God is always with you. Now, I, I know that I, I didn't really want to go on a religious tangent with mules and goats, but I'm, it's just a personal belief that I have. And it's, it's a source of strength. Because, you know, I'll give you an example. There is a, um, a poem um, that it, it's, it's by, it's, it's called Invictus. And a lot of people are, a lot of pastors and a lot of religious people don't really like Invictus because um, at there's a part of Invictus where it talks about, <clears throat> I am the master of my faith. I am the captain of my soul. And, and for me, whenever I hear a pastor or someone talk about um, that, you know, man needs to stop thinking that he's the captain, it's, you, you have to go back to Genesis where God talks about, he made God, God made man in his own image, number one, and free will. Um, God says, I am the great I am. If you read Invictus in the way it goes, for those of you that are are uninitiated, uh, Invictus goes something to the effect of out of the dark. Hold on. Let me me back up. I, I, I digress. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank God for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms the horror of the shade. But the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, 
how charged with punishment the scrolls. I am the captain, excuse me, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So if you go back and read your Bible, and I want you to tell me who the great I am is. And so my, my point to you, my point of going all this to say is, is that we are spiritual beings. And in this, when you're having tough times as an individual, as a country, as we're currently having, I would say you, you, you have to lean back on your spirituality and say, you know, we, we will be all right. We were, our country, whether we like it or not, our country was formed uh, uh, on the basis of Christianity. And then we are open to other religions, but it's formed on Christianity. In God, we trust on the dollar. So I, I'm excited about the fact of our special guest. I'm excited the fact that um, the next generation ooh, is, uh, is going to be all right. And, and I know I was a bit long-winded, uh, Bear, but I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> No, and I totally get it. You know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, I think that with our with our uh, with our podcast, man, and how we start to deliver it, it should just be more freestyle, you know, oriented. I think that um, the way we kind of interact and our personalities come out when when we do that. So, you know, you being long winded, talking about God and religion, uh, it's, it's no harm, no foul. Absolutely. Um, but I do want to kind of see if if, uh, you know, if Brooke or Tyler, if you guys have any hot takes um on on the on the subject of god and religion you know feel free to chime in if not i could just keep you know matriculating the conversation down the yellow brick road uh no i do um have uh an outtake um so one i uh appreciate you for coming to the concert thank you for coming and being a part of it um but no when we talk about like god and religion and i think you know being a young man in my 20s um, the biggest thing that a lot of people my age talk about when it comes to God is the religion aspect of God. Um, and I think, um, like I've been asked a few times how I navigate being a Christian and being my age. And in the day and age that we live in with all the things that we have and all the things that go on in the, in the world, how do I navigate that space? Um, and it, it's it's not easy, but it is easy. Like, so it's not easy to navigate because there are so many things in the world that can steer you in a way or in a direction that would make you sway from the religion or the faith that you've grown up with like myself like I, i've grown up in the church i've been in the church since i was two i'm 27 now so you know that's, that's a long time and so for a lot of people and i can attest to this a lot of people that i grew up with even in my church either no longer attend or um have completely stepped away from it um and you know i'm I still go to the same exact church that I grew up at. Um, I'm actually one of the worship leaders at my church. Um, so it's a, it's a big deal in a lot of people's eyes that one, I'm still actively in church and still going, but also 
not just going, but involved. Um, and so being, be it, being one of the few that I can say that I know of in my church that is still actively in the church, but also involved, it's, um, it can be, there, there's a weight that kind of comes with that because there's an expectation that people have of you and what you should do with your life and how you should navigate, navigate your life as a Christian. Um, and so I have to, as I've grown up and as I've gotten older um, and now being married, I've had to one, um, create my own expectations for myself and what I want from my faith in God and how I want to exempl how I want my faith to exemplify to other people, be exemplified to other people, um, and how I want it to work for myself. Um, and at the beginning and early on, it was a very it was a difficult space to navigate because for me, like I said, I grew up in church. And growing up in church, the reason I went to church was because my parents went. So for the most part, my religion and my faith in God was dictated on my parents. It wasn't anything of my own. And then as I got older, I had to make the decision to navigate that space and be in, um, uh, be at church and be in ministry myself. Um, and I could have chose not to. It wasn't something like I wasn't being forced to go to church. My parents weren't requiring it of me. And so with that, I had to start to build a relationship with God on my own. And um, that in that aspect, that wasn't hard, but the figuring out how to navigate that space. Um, and even I still struggle with that now. Um, for people in within the church, but also for people not in the church, um, it, it, it can be difficult because I think people outside of the church that look at you, they expect you to be something or be this person because you say you go to church. But then people that know you in church expect you to be this person because they see you in church. So I have to, in a sense, be a way or be a person at all times for people. And that can be difficult, but I, 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 when I said it was easy, the, the reason it's easy is because I want to be the best, my, the best me I can be and, and be what God has called me to be. And so with that, for people that don't go to church or people that are uninitiated with church folk and people, so to speak, um, when they look at me and when they talk to me, there's a a way I have to, I, I carry myself to bring them closer to me in a sense, because we are the lights of the world. God, uh, we are the people that like, like for uh, my pastor will say a lot of times for people that don't read their Bible or don't go to church, we are the only Bible that people will read. And so with that, what, are you, what fruits are you bearing? What are, what do people see when they look at you, when they talk to you? Um, and so I, I try to exemplify a God-like love and affection for people um, on a daily basis, but also with people in my church. Um, one, having them understand that I am human and I am 
me. Um, but I am, I am still growing in my faith and navigating and trying to get to what God has called me to be. So just not allowing their expectations for me and what they would want me to be and how they would want me to be, um, to be something that weighs on me. Cause that can also be something that for a lot of people that, uh, cause I've had conversations with people where they don't attend church because of other people's look how they look at them or their expectations of them or what they see and how they feel about the things that they do. Um, so I've had to just kind of navigate that space. Um, but I, I think when it comes to God and religion, um, I don't aim for perfection. I aim for progression. Um, and so I'm not, we're not supposed to be perfect. Um, we're, we're not called, we're called to be like God and to be like Jesus and Jesus was perfect, but there is the, we are not God. We are not Jesus and we are, um, imperfect. And with that, God uses our imperfections to create, uh, perfection, um, in ways um, in, in ways to be able to bring people closer. Um, and so I, I don't know, I just, I strive to make it where people that don't know God can talk to me, can look at me, can watch how I navigate and, and, and go through life. And it can be something that helps them get through whatever it is that they're dealing with. Um, and, and also bring them closer to God, because at the end of the day, the aim and goal for Christianity and for God is relationship. And we are supposed to be in a constant relationship with God. Um, and, and for a lot of people, they put so much emphasis on the religion and not on the relationship and on the rules and regulations of church and not on having an active relationship with God. And just like any other relationship, just like how we communicate with each other, we should be communicating with God in the same way. Um, and so this is something that I, I have to remind myself to do, um, but it's also something that I try to use to encourage others when they are trying to figure out the whole God and religion and how that works for their life and how it would be something that they could use. Bruh. So I think that there are a lot of, so there, there's a lot of things in, in play on this court, but we're all having the same conversation. Um, and Lenny, you actually gave it the right word, which is relationship, because ultimately Jesus exists in the context of relationships that we have with other people. Um, that's where we experience God. That's where other people see God, feel God, um, and we are supposed to be the hands and feet. So um, I, I think that there's a lot of conversation around um, religion and spirituality and everybody wants it to be, you know, different things, but ultimately the, the goal is relationship. Um, it's to be in relationship with the creators, to be in relationship with self and to be in relationship with other people and to have all of those things um, work together for good. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who um, have trouble 
really delving into um, religion, specifically Christianity, one, because there have been a lot of Christians for a lot of years who haven't done it right. So there are a lot of people who are church hurt or, um, you know, religion hurt if they're not actually in a church, but just by people who are supposed to be exemplifying the love of God who don't. And that is the representation that others have because of it. Um, so when we talk about, for example, you know, Mule being the master of your fate and the captain of your soul, and we talk about, you know, having free will and being able to navigate your life and what that looks like, um, you're supposed to use your belief system as a part of that. And because you have free will, it, that's supposed to be literally putting the feet on your prayers. So whatever you're praying, you also are supposed to be doing in real life because faith without works is dead. So you can believe all you want to, but if you don't do anything about it, it really only goes so far. And that goes so much into play with how we live our lives and how we interact with others and what we think and feel about ourselves and the things that we do and um, and even how we worship. And it speaks a lot to how open you are to um, transparency and authenticity and even communication um, and working through relationships in general, because if you are isolating yourself or trying to separate so far from any form of authenticity or any relationship that requires effort to improve yourself or to improve the dynamic or to improve someone else's experiences, um, then, then what are you actually doing? And I think all of those points kind of tie in together um, when you talk about how, especially folks in our age group who are trying to experience um, their own version of life, but you, life isn't meant to be experienced as a singular event. Um, it, it's based on the relationships that you have. And part of our individual legacies are not only what we believe and who we interact with, but it's a culmination of all those things and how we um, navigate it and how all those things tie together. So, I mean, we're, we're all dancing to, to the same beat here. Copy that. You know, I think that, um, you know, hearing both of you, all three of you talk about uh, this topic, you know, can shine a lot of light, you know, um, you know, for a lot of people uh, to follow, you know, and I think that, you know, the depth in which all of you went, you know, uh, with this topic, you know, will definitely be something that we can continue to unpack on the show and kind of like circle back and revisit that during different times of the year, you know, you know, whether it be like on, uh, you know, whether it be like religious holidays or just for, for any, for any subject or for any time is what I'm oh, trying to say. Sure. So, uh, you know, so I, I think that's, I think that's very poignant for us to layer sure. in, you know, from time to time. I, I do have to chime back in. I apologize. This okay, yeah, teaching go ahead, man. point for anybody that's listening now or in the future, two things. Number one, God is love. And loving your fellow man is something that God talks about all throughout the Old Testament and that Jesus talks about in the New Testament is love your fellow man. And the things that you do day to day to support your family and your fellow man that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. Number two, when you one of the things that if you read the Bible all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, and New Testament, what does God always say? 
I am always with you. In order for him to always be with you, he has to be inside of you. Let's start, the, let's start back at the beginning. God said in Genesis, we're making man in our own image. Okay? And so when you're meditating, when you're praying, when you're trying to get your thoughts together, you are absolutely having a conversation with yourself, but you're also having a conversation with God. And so when I, 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 in a corporate environment, I said this one time and, and some people took it the right way and other people, it just like surprised them. It was, a, it was a crazy thought. And I said, look, God is inside of you. So when you're, when you're making a prayer, when you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking about things that you're trying to do, the best thing for you to do is to verbalize what you want and what you're trying to do out loud. Again, because God understands if, again, I, I hate to be biblical, but I, I like to read the Bible. You, you, if you verbalize what you want and what you're thinking, two things, God will help you work through it and he'll help you get there. If it's in, if it's in your best interest, it'll happen. So, um, you know, as as you're on this journey, Thailand, and you were talking about, uh, I like the way you phrase it. The relationship that you have, that relationship is actually is the with the, the 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 Michael Jackson term, the man in the mirror, because that man in the mirror, part of that man in the mirror, is God. It is. And people don't realize that. And you, you, when you think about that, is you're having a conversation with, you're trying to improve you, but you're also having a conversation with God at the same time because he made you in his own likeness. That's like, think about this. I have children. And so all my children are made in my own likeness. And so, you know, when I, when I look at them, right, and I'm having a conversation with them. I'm, I'm also having a conversation with myself. It's the same thing. It's, that's what God is doing. So my, my point is, is that it's, I love the fact that you talk about the relationship. I love the fact that you're talking about his progress. But you just know God is always with you. Anybody's listening to me now in the future, always, always, always know that God is always with you. And when you're meditating, and which is so important to have that alone time, but you need to verbalize what it is that you're trying to do, what's on your mind, and process it. Okay, I, I know we've gone long on this, this topic, Bear, and I know you didn't plan for this topic to be this long, but this conversation is, is near and dear to my heart. It's very important. Very important. No, no absolutely, man. And, and you know... Um... We can we can continue on the topic if if we wanted to. So there's there's no harm, no foul in taking as much time as we want on that. Because again, like I said earlier, like there's a lot to unpack, there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot for people to uh, you know, to chime in on, you know, and, and give their testimony, so to speak, when it comes to that. So, so no this is actually uh, um it sort of mirrors a conversation that um I was talking to some of my friends about that I wanted to talk to you about specifically mule sir um about how relationships are transactional in nature 
Um, and so tonight I was kind of thinking about how, when you were talking about um, having those conversations, man in the mirror um, and that mirrored man being God. And we're supposed to, you know, because we are made in his image and just the sort of transactional nature of, you know, giving God all of our thoughts, our energies and what we receive in return for that, which would be, you know, fruit to the spirit. So that's, you know, your patience, your peace, calm, gentle, kindness, all of those things. Um, and how ultimately it's a transaction. So if you don't give them anything, then we're not receiving any of that peace, right? So we're holding on to all the stress. We're holding on to all the thoughts. We're holding on to, to all of that and how, um, because it's a relationship, um, it is a give and receive. And so there's a lot of people who are, um, and I'm guilty of it sometimes too, of not giving anything to the relationship that we're in. So if we're talking about our relationship, um, spirituality with God. So for me as a Christian, you know, my relationship with God and, you know, my relationship with Jesus and how there's a lot of things that I hold on to that I'm supposed to give to him to either release, to handle on my behalf, to at least give me peace about while, you know, I put boots on my prayer and do the work, but um, freeing up some of that mental space. So I, I thought that was really interesting when you were talking about having that conversation for coach. So for me, it sounded like, um, it sounded like that give and take transaction. Um, and the conversation I was having before was about romantic relationships, but I think because any relationship, um, it doesn't have to be difficult. It is just effort filled. So Mm -hmm. to continuously give your effort into being, open to being vulnerable to um, owning up to things that you're either struggling with or need or um, need peace about, um, but just giving it and being open to receiving all that in return. So I thought that was interesting. Bear. Hey, no problem. Anybody else got any more add-ons? Thailand, George, you got any more go-backs? No, (laughs) Thailand, you good? All Brooke, right. you good? Okay, I just I just wanted to triple check before I like you know moved up moved on to the next topic. I did not want to uh, not give you guys the time that you need, you know, to kind of get your thoughts, feelings, emotions, maybe you know again testimony while we're talking about God and religion before I moved on. So um, I, I definitely appreciate the insight from all three of you. Um, but now it's time to talk about the eight hundred pound you know uh, elephant in the universe, and that's uh. COVID. You know, I think every um, episode that we've had, we've talked about COVID, you know, the impact that it has on the world, on society, on work, on, you know, schools, etc. And Mule, I'll kind of start off with you, like, um, you know, with COVID protocol is what I'm going to call this, uh, this segment that we're going to talk about, right? So, um, you know, what's new in the COVID protocol world for you? Testing, testing, and testing. Um, I just think it's miraculous that we have all the different types of tests where someone can go in one day and be tested and it's negative, And then two days later, it can come back and positive. I have a uh, finance um, manager who is absolutely awesome. Her name is Diana. So if she ever hears this, she knows that I love her because she is an old school finance person. 
she said something one time. It made me laugh so hard that I wrote it on the whiteboard and I almost fell out of my chair laughing. She says, well, 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 hell, maybe this thing didn't bake long enough. And I was like, what did you say? She said, it ain't bake long enough. That's, that's why. My point is, is that if you test someone early on in COVID, it'll come back negative. But they got it. It's just not incubated long enough so that three, four, five days in, where do you start seeing the symptoms? Are you talking about rapid testing? I'm telling or? you, it, it, I'm telling you, there, there are. It, it takes a while, whether it be rapid tests. Now, I don't know. I don't even know the name of the other test. The rapid test to me is garbage because there's so many times where the rapid test has come back negative. You do a rapid test again, and it'll come back positive. And so. Um, I'm curious as to, I don't know the name of the test that the NBA used in the bubble, but they, they had a good process there. Um, so testing is the biggest issue. Um, the next biggest issue is, is will be this, uh, the, the vaccine and which vaccine we use, which vaccine is most effective, how many, how many shots we're going to get. Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, other companies are coming out with vaccines. It'll be very interesting from a COVID standpoint, a society standpoint, which company has the best vaccine, which one has it, it. A can come out with the best vaccine B who can produce the most that the American society, uh, the world can then lean on similar to what we have with the flu vaccine. So COVID for me is, um, a never-ending story. Um, we, I had a side bet with some other folks that we'd be out of mask by June. Looks like I'm gonna lose that bet. Looks like we're gonna be a mask till next, till this time next year. So, um, I don't know. From a, um, you know, what, what, what do y'all think? FedEx school system. What do y'all think about COVID? Um, well, COVID has has. Uh changed a lot for me in the past year. Um, I left my former job because they shut down for the, the, the quarantine and started working at FedEx. And then that started working out pretty well. So now I'm still at FedEx. Um, but with that, um, it, it, it's, it's a lot. We get, we get scanned before we go into the building. Um, we have to wear masks. Um, basically in any building we go into up here in Michigan, not be it. That's a good thing. Um, and, uh, for the most part we have, when I'm delivering out on my route, um, a lot of my stuff is contactless. So if a customer needs a signal, if I need to get a signature from a customer, they don't usually sign, um, you know, we keep six feet apart, stuff like that. Um, a lot of stuff up here in Michigan is closed down still. Um, you can go, and order online and get it picked up um or you can get curbside pick you can do curbside pickup um but we don't have any indoor or i mean we got a few places to do outdoor dining but um we don't have any indoor dining um and you know that 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 for me is what what for the most part is what has been is remembering to wear a mask everywhere i go you know that's 
you know, go ahead. I mean, um, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't mean to cut you off, and I'm gonna get to you in, in one second, Brooke, about you know, um, you know, your thoughts on on COVID, you know, but um, I think that when we start to think about in like in the future, like five years from now, when we look back on COVID, like we're gonna see that you know businesses that couldn't adapt to COVID failed, right? So you have some restaurants that you know that closed because they couldn't, you know, because only having you know, if you do have indoor dining, like in, in Missouri, for example, I know you just, you know, Thailand, you just gave the perspective from Michigan, but like in Missouri, they allow some restaurants to have like a quarter of the capacity, right? So like meaning that like every three, you know, uh, booths or, or, or chairs or tables, you know, could be filled and a lot of businesses couldn't make it, you know, even if, even when they offered takeout or to go food, that wasn't enough to sustain them to pay their employees, you know, play their uh, overhead costs, and then they folded, you know. So um, it's just uh, it's going to be very interesting to see like how the history books, um, you know, kind of documents COVID, you know, um, you know, on a on a on a year year to year, month to month, week to week basis because it's uh, it's definitely affected everybody, touched everybody in the whole world, for that matter. And, uh, you know, speaking of the whole world, right? So, like, you know, let's, let's talk about, like, high schools. And, and, and you know, I, I feel for, like, the high school senior in, in 2020 that would have been a college freshman, you know, in 2021, right? You know, um, it, it's just uh, it, it's devastating to see, you know, what they have to go through. I know some kids are not even going to college and they're waiting this out or waiting COVID out before they even go. So, um, Brooke, I know that you, um, I know that you do some coaching, you know, for like high school cheerleaders. Like, what does that look like? How's that Ooh, affected that? Goodness. Like, you know, talk, so, talk to us about that. Uh, so real quick. So to your point about small businesses, not making it, um, last year I worked for this marketing company. Um, it was, uh, hired in by this dance studio that I was working for and, not even two full months after COVID hit, um, the owner of the dance studio had to close her doors because when, you know, pandemic comes, you start looking at your fund spending. Um, and so, so many people had pulled out that she couldn't afford her overhead for just through COVID. Um, and the small business loan didn't help because she, you know, had staff and she actually had a studio with a full Um, dance floors and all of that stuff so she couldn't make that so um, that's actually true about a lot of businesses um, especially the smaller businesses that don't make it because you know where we live there's a lot of chain restaurants so they're fine but you know the mom and pop little Coney Island whatever they're the ones that are struggling Um, for Mm -hmm. my high schoolers so I coach a I'm out of high school. I'm the JV head coach for cheerleading. And we haven't even really had a true season. Um, So during football season, uh, we weren't allowed to stunt for sideline. That was their way of minimizing the contact between the girls, Um, which technically speaking from a cheer standpoint, really diminishes half of what we do um, because outside of, you know, yelling at the fans and at the athletes, Um, you know, the fun part to watch is all the jumps and the tumbling and the stunting, most of which we couldn't do because they involved a lot of contact. 
Um, so, and then now that we've transitioned out of football season into our competitive season, uh, we haven't actually had any season, um, since November. So, uh, after football season ended, they gave the, all the athletes a break for a week and a half. We started in November, hosted tryouts the week after tryouts. Um, our governor said, hey, guys, your Michigan numbers are too high. Shut it down. So we've been on pause since then, like even till today. Um, our first day back is supposedly going to be tomorrow, but our season didn't get lengthened. Right. So where we would have started in November, been competing December, January, February, our season ends in March. Our season still ends in March. Like, <laughs> So not only is right, it an abbreviated right. season, but when you have um, you know, sports like cheerleading that are incredibly dangerous because you're throwing people in the air and catching them, you know, safety comes into play. But I literally have not seen these girls. I don't even know if they've been active or stretching because it's also a pandemic, right? So you've got that emotional layer of pandemic fatigue. And then you've got parents that are saying, you know, you probably won't have a season anyway, so don't worry about it. Um, and at this point, I honestly have felt myself just thinking, like, why are we even still trying to have a season? Like, at, at what point do we prioritize, you know, high school athletics over public health? And for what value? Um, and then I have, we have one senior on our varsity team who is rightfully so disappointed because her senior year is a pandemic year. Um, so she's trying to figure out how she's going to get um, recruited by some of these schools who are looking for cheerleaders because she hasn't had a season, right? So she's not competing. She's not been at any games. She can't tumble or stunt or do any of the things. Um, so they're having like virtual scouting, which obviously diminishes a little bit the integrity. But at this point, I'm ready to just sacrifice the season, ramp it up for next season, because I feel like the authenticity of the sport has been sacrificed to in my opinion to no end um it, it doesn't make any sense to me to especially for if, if covid is truly on the rise in michigan then we don't need to have a season at all honestly and there are so many coaches who are like let's just try you don't have to stunt you don't have to tumble, just get out there and just try to have a season. And, you know, for somebody like me who loves it, I don't want to see a half version of the sport that I love. So I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Right. And, and you know, what's, uh, and just to kind of add on to, you know, um, like all the conversations that we had about COVID, right. You know, I think it's really, really, you know, for the life of me, I can't figure out why, like, a lot of people think that, like, COVID th is a hoax or, like, they don't want to wear masks or they think that, you know, or I I've never seen a, uh, you know, something, it seems like it's, like, politicized, oh, right? You have sure. one, you know, pe people on one side who, you know, believe in wearing masks, socially distancing, you know, let's try to let's try to do the right thing so we can get so we can like curve the numbers, you know, of COVID and try to get through this. Then you have other people that just want to go out, you know, like, you know, go to concerts, you know, go to house parties or whatever and just like not wear masks, don't believe in social distancing or anything because they feel like that's what 
you know, the Democrats do. You know what I mean? It's just, it is so weird how um, it seems like this pandemic's been politicized and I just, I, I just can't wrap my mind around how people can, you know, uh, uh, you know, not weaponize, but, but how they can think that way. So it just, it's just weird to me. You know, I'm not sure if you guys have any takes on that, but um, Man, I, can, I can move on. Uh, I'll just, if, if before not- you move off of that, I'm just, it absolutely has been politicized. It doesn't help because 45 was spearheading that whole endeavor, but it's just hard for me to watch these other countries who are like, woo, we're COVID free because they did what needed to be done in the beginning. They locked it down, shut everything down, paid their people. Everybody's safe. Here you go. Here's testing. Here's quarantine um, without this added layer of this American capitalization on everything. Um, And I think that it is truly a disservice, especially to all the people who have contracted and suffered from COVID, but especially to the families of the people who have died. Like, why not shut it all the way down? Like, if that's what needs to be done to truly eradicate or at least get a handle on COVID, why not do it? And the, the reason is probably financial or capitalist in nature, which is, you know, the backbone of America in general. But it's a disservice to the people because we're the ones that are are suffering and it's prolonging this. If it truly has been eradicated in these countries who shut it down and we are choosing to see that data and still not do it, you know, what are we doing and for what? Right, right. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you uh, more. Like they are going um, to concerts. I think it's very. Yeah, I, they're going to concerts. Right. Movies. You know, they're they're out right. and about on the beach having festivals, and they've returned to life as normal. And we're still like, uh, it's mutated again, y'all. So um, stay indoors. You know, and, and it's just it, it's just mind blowing to me. Absolutely. You know, um, on that, there's a there's a fascinating story. There's a there's a actually a young lady um, who I think she went to like spring break or she went she went to some, you know, place where they were partying during the pandemic, um, not wearing masks, not socially distancing. Right. And she got really, really sick. I think she actually died. But while she was in the hospital, like talking to her family, she was just like, you, she, you know, she started to voice like her regrets like man like this is not a game this is not a joke like I took it as one and it it may take my life and I think it ultimately did and I don't think that the media blasts those stories like that out to people I think she was like maybe between like 25 and 28 but like I don't think that the the media you know talks about those cases and maybe chronicles like hey you know citizen a went to you know beach b you know, contact, you know, through contact tracing, contact tracing, she, uh, you know, got, got COVID and six weeks later she died. You know what I mean? Like, um, and put that on like 60 minutes or I don't know, whatever social media platforms that we have just to kind of show people like, this is not a game. It is very, very serious. Believe me, this is somebody who's talking, who has COVID currently. I'm not sure, Brooke and Tyler, if you guys knew that. I didn't know but that. I, I didn't I'm know in, that. Yeah, I'm in quarantine, 
right now wow. with COVID. How, um, how, how serious I, are your symptoms? So uh, luckily, I've had mild symptoms personally. Um, you know, I did lose my sense of smell and taste. Um, it, and that is not fun. Like people who've never lost their sense of smell and taste, you just don't really know. Like, I like to drink coffee in the morning. Well, that coffee just felt like it just felt like I was drinking hot water. <laughs> I might as well just boil a pot of water and just drink it in the cup. That's how wow. like my coffee was tasting in the morning. You can't smell anything. Um, I had some sinus like pressure and headaches, and I never get headaches ever. So um, those are some of the side effects that I had. But circling back to the rapid test, so the first time I got tested, I got the rapid test. The rapid test came back negative. So a week after that rapid test, I started to feel bad. My health started to deteriorate. So I was like, you know what? Let me get tested again. So I got the second test, which was like the test that takes about two to four days for the, uh, for the results. Plus, it's not like a quick swab of the nose. Actually, it's like more, feels like they're tickling <laughs> your brain when you when, <laughs> when you get the test, and then that test came back positive. That was uh you know about a week and a half ago. You know, so uh, it's no joke. You know, um, it, it, it definitely no joke at all. So, anyhow, any any go backs on COVID? Uh, Ty on the George, you guys got any go backs before we move I'm on good. to sports real quick? No sir, no sir. Tyler, yes, are you good? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, um, you know, the NFL season, uh, the playoffs continue tomorrow. We are recording this on our Friday night. So we definitely wanted to talk about the games that are going to happen tomorrow. Um, we have the, uh, the early game tomorrow between the Packers and the Rams. Tyler, and I'm going to start with you. Um, the Packers are picked to win uh, the game tomorrow by six and a half points. Like, who do you think is going to win? Why? Um, what does that look so, like? So I like the Packers in this game. Um, I do think, I I think they will, will win this game. Um, I do think that the Rams will play really well. Um, I'm not too sure about Jared Goff. I know he came back and, you know, had a miraculous game last game after the surgery on his thumb and stuff like that. But, uh, I think the Packers are, just a better I, I think they're a good team I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have his Aaron Rodgers magic I think he's been balling out this year um he's been playing he's having an MVP season um I think the Rams defense will will play will, will give it all they got and they will keep this game where it they it won't be a blowout or nothing but I don't know about the Rams offense per se um so I but I am picking the the Packers to win here Copy that, Mule. Who you Not got? the Packers. Uh, I'm going with the underdog and the spread. Um, it's a long shot. Now, much respect to A.A. Ron because he is the real deal up in the in, in the north. And uh, it's cold up there. Winter has already arrived up there. It's already cold. And so everybody coming up there, you got to deal with them. But the Rams' defense is pretty good. Offense is, is suspect, but I just can't I just can't pull for Green Bay. So I, I'm going with the Rams in the spread. Okay. I'm taking all bets, so y'all can call me, text me, email me, hit me up. But uh, I'm going with uh, 
not the Packers. How about you, Bear? Okay. All right. Um, I'm actually uh, taking the Packers mm. minus six and a half. Um, the, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to go ahead and uh, mm. give the Rams in. Um, I personally think the Rams are a bunch of bums. Um, and they're, they're not ready for prime time or, like, have any Super Bowl bet aspirations. Mm. So, bet. 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 Too easy. So I got the, I got the easy. Rams plus seven. No, it's six and a okay. half. Okay. Rams plus six and a half. Bet. Okay. Bet. Bet. Brooke, you got Brooke, you Brooke, do you want to skip the sports segment? Or do you have like a, a, a pick or a dog in this fight? Okay, got it. All right. So <laughs> let's move on to the night game. Uh the Bills and Ravens. So Mule, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Um, the uh, the Bills are picked to win by two and a half. Bills, Taking Ravens, who bets. you got tomorrow? Uh, uh, it, I I got the Ravens. And so anybody that's betting for the Bills, I'll I'll take the bet. Give me my points. The Bills are an awesome team. I I just you know there's an emotional um, connection with me with the Ravens. So I'm picking the Ravens, even though I know that the Bills are picked to win. You got the Bills there, there, Bear? Uh, yeah, I got the Bills. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bet, you know, bet back. I got the Bills okay. minus two and a half. It. Tyler, who you got? This is a tough one for me. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I think these two teams are pretty um, evenly matched here, I think, offensively. Um, I like Josh Allen a lot. But I also like Lamar Jackson a whole lot too. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna go with my heart here because uh, that's all I got. So I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I want to see Lamar do great things. Um, I think that they they by a narrow margin get past the Bills, um, and Lamar does his Lamar Jackson magic and and and, and takes them to the promised land. Okay, and and that's fair. And before I go to the Sunday games, I just want to quickly remind you too: who pick uh, the Ravens to pick the Bills? It's gonna be snowing tomorrow, and it's gonna be minus like negative, mm. you know, Jack Frost. So Lamar Jackson don't like mm. to really play in the cold. So thank you know, so George, thanks for your money. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so <laughs> so moving on to Sunday's games now, the premier game, which I think is is the best game of the day, actually. Both of these games tomorrow are pretty good. Um, you know, you got the uh, you got the early game. You got the Chiefs and the Browns, and the Chiefs are picked to win by ten. So, um, I'm gonna start with you on this one, Mule. Then I'll go to you, Tylen, George, or Mule. Who you got in the Browns Chiefs game tomorrow on Sunday? That is so hard. Um. Come on, Mr. Ohio. Okay. You know, I, uh, which they, you got, you know they bought me a Cleveland Browns hat. Oh, I see. I, I did not I, know I, that. I, I'm sporting it. I got it right here. Hmm. I got a Cleveland Browns hat, so I'm going with the Browns. I'll take the bet. So, so, so if uh, – okay, so you want the yes, Browns sir. plus 10? Okay, I'll, no, I'll think about that after no, I hear what, Tyler's what, take real quick. You better not. Don't frog up now. Yeah, 
you know, but the thing is, is that, you know what, first of all, as a Bronco fan, uh, I can't stand the Chiefs, even though they are fantastic, absolutely sensational. But uh, I'm not a fan of them, and I can't give you 10 points because actually, actually, a small part of my heart feels like the Browns running game and their defense can actually win this game if they do it right. Okay, so if I'm going to flash both of you guys back to the Super Bowl last year when the 49ers was playing the Chiefs, the 49ers had the Chiefs on the road. Okay, the 49ers was winning that game all the way up to the third quarter. And then um, uh, Patrick Mahomes went into God mode. Excuse me, I shouldn't say God mode, but he talked about God and religion on his podcast. But Patrick Mahomes went to, you know, Thanos mode uh, and then came back and won because San Francisco stopped running the ball, all right? Now, again, so if I transpose that or extrapolate that to the game tomorrow with the Browns and the Chiefs, I think that if the Browns run the ball, play defense, and keep Patty Mahomes off the field, they have a slight chance to win. So I can't take – I can't give you the Browns plus 10. That's just that's just too much. I think the Browns will keep it close. Mm. So I, I can't do that. So – uh, Tylen, who you got, uh, man? I got the Chiefs. Um, I, I could care less about the Browns. Um, Baker Mayfield is above average at best, um, and I, I don't really trust him. I, I think I think he's a big game player, and this is a really big game, and I think he's always been a big game player. Um, I think that this is – if the Browns are going to win, it is because he – well, one, their defense is good, and it is because he is going to have a phenomenal game. But it would not surprise me if he frogs up and just goes out there and lays a goose egg, um, and Patrick Mahomes just mm-hmm. runs rapid. Um, but I, 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 I like I like Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is also having an MVP season. Honestly, I, I, I think he's the MVP this year. Um, and I think that their offense is just going to run rampant over the Browns. Right. And and this is something that I want both of you guys to, as, as we're watching the game on Sunday, just know this. Let's say the Chiefs come and punch him in the mouth, right? If the Chiefs go up, like let's say it's like 14 nothing let's just say even 10 nothing like okay. early in the second quarter right there the browns and baker are going to start to press their buttholes are going to be real tight they're not going to i just don't think that they and, and knowing mm-hmm. the juggernaut that they're playing i just don't, i just don't think that they're mm-hmm. built and ready for that action so um that that's just my take you know uh on the game tomorrow but it'll be interesting to see like what that looks like and how the game pans out. Be, I think it'll be a really close so, game or it'll be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If the Browns could keep it close early and get confidence like quarter by quarter, like, hey, you know what? We're hanging with these guys. We're within striking distance. Um, you know, they, they might be able to pull it off. We'll see for sure. Um, now, the last game on Sunday is a, a battle of two vets. Right. Arguably, you have the GOAT, Tom Brady, uh, you know, squaring off against Drew Brees and the Saints. Um, This game actually has the Saints picked to win by three. So I'm going to go back to you, Tyler, and then back to you, 
uh, mule on this pick. So, Tylen, who you got in this Buccaneers? Right. Uh, I am, and this is probably a very unpopular opinion. I am a Saints fan. I like Drew Brees. Whoa. Okay. All right. Didn't ask you. Um, I like Drew Brees. Um, but <laughs> it is very, very hard to bet or, or even pick against Tom Brady, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think that the Bucks are starting to hit their stride, I think, offensively. I do not think it'll be like when they played the Saints the first time and they got absolutely obliterated on national TV in front of God and the whole United States. Um, so I am going to pick the Bucks to win because I think that is the logical decision. But I'm rooting for the Saints. Absolutely. I'm picking the Bucks, but I'm rooting for the Saints. Okay. Okay. Um, Yo, who you got? You know who I got. Uh, I okay, don't know. So, That's why I asked. Uh, uh, here's who I got. Cleveland Browns going to win the championship, period. Wait, where, are, you, are you were you sleeping during this whole time? I said the Bucks and the Saints game. Tampa Bay. Who you got? What's the line? Okay. Uh, uh, New Orleans okay, is picking the game Tampa by three. Bay. You want to bet? You take the Saints. Nah, 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 nah. I can't. What? I can't really bet against up the now? goat because he. Nah, frogging up. I'm, I'm not Bump frogging up against Aints. Tom Brady. Uh, he's bit. Preach, preach. Right. I, I'm with you. I'm actually um, until uh, man, is this gonna be a good game? It's gonna be a really, really good game. Um, if I had to take, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually go with Tom Brady, man. Um, Drew Brees and his boys gonna have to prove to me that Tom Brady, you know, with Gronk and, and you know Antonio Brown and those and, and those boys Bro. that and, you know and that right them, there man. is so, the difference. That's, That's what you said. They didn't have Antonio Brown the first time they played the Saints. And Antonio Brown has been exactly pissed. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's a serious. And so, I, I'm going with Tom Brady, um, you know, to win this game. So, before I move off of football and conclude this part of the podcast, um, Tyler, we've already picked our Super Bowl winners. Um, you know, uh, in in the last episode, like who you got, like who do you think will win? Uh, the Super Bowl, like who plays who okay. and who's Ideally, your winner? Ideally, this is in an ideal world. I would like to see the Bucks. No, I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Packers. That's who I would like to see in the Super Bowl. Um, I think mm -hmm. the way it's looking that that can possibly happen. Um, if the pack, if the Packers and the Chiefs play, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. To win it again, go back to back. Got it, got it. They uh, that that you know the Chiefs are very dangerous. Um, I you know honestly, Thailand in the last episode, I picked the Chiefs to win too, um, and to go back to back. So it'll be interesting to see. It's great pageantry to see uh, how you know it, the football season will unfold. But I have when I say pageantry in theater. I can't say those two words without talking <laughs> about the NBA. And James Harden has been traded 
from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets and the theater and the theatrics that's going to unfold in, in the NBA season just has my uh, uh, curiosity peak at an all-time high. So, um, you know, so Mule, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the trade? Is it is it championship or bust for the Nets? Like, what does that look like? Championship or bust? For the for the Nets with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and it's Kyrie missing Irvin. Yes. It's a bust. Here's why. Um, because James Harden is just going to be joining the team. Kyrie's uh, injury, on-again, off-again injuries, that's going to be the same for the rest of the season. They don't know how to just give him proper load management. I don't know that, why they won't do that. The same thing with Durant. I think Durant is playing too many minutes. I think he's going to either be fatigued uh heaven forbid anything else happens but he's doing too much right now so i I think it's a bust uh quick question for those of us who are not as versed in the nba um when the miami heat gathered their team to make it to the championships right how long did that take versus how long do you think it'll take brooklyn to make it happen if you don't think it'll happen this season So it took them two years. So wait, let, let me get my math right. So Tyler they, or George, correct me. So I don't um, mean to cut you up. They they went to go the ahead. championship the year that they first year that they got together, they lost. Okay. And then the next year they won. So what do you think? How long do you think That's it'll right. take two years? Play? I'll I'll uh if anybody was gonna answer that, no. Okay. Uh, I, so Go ahead, Tyler. To answer your question and then answer your question, Brooke. Um, I think that all one to get your question out the way, Brooke. I think it'll take them maybe next year. I, I don't think they'll win it this year. Um, but the whole James Harden foolishness. I think all of this was planned. It's all funny to me. Uh, James Harden came in fifty pounds overweight to play. He didn't even want to play with the Rockets. Um, <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant talked about him missing so they could get James. He going to come back and try and play now because, you know, they got James Harden. Um, I think it's, it's it's hilarious to me. I, 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 I think if they can make it work, it'll be interesting. I really don't know how it's going to work because they're all three very ball-dominant basketball players. Um and I'm not sure who's gonna take the back seat. Who's gonna be Batman, Robin, and 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 who in this type of scenario? Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be interesting if they can figure it out. It's gonna be tough. They're gonna be tough to beat. They're How gonna be tough to beat. Uh, I I think if they can figure it out, they'll win it next year, not this year though. Okay. So two things. So I have a couple follow up questions. Um, you know, to ba- to both you guys' take, right? So um, do you think that they're going to make it out of the East? That's my first question. You, Tyler, uh, and then you, yeah, Mule. I think, I think on paper, talent-wise, I think they make it out of the East. Not a problem. Uh, I think the Bucks are a good – they're a great regular season team, but during the playoffs, for whatever reason, I don't know what happens. They just go in the locker room and – it just don't work out. Um, I do think that Boston 
is good enough to contend and give them a fight, but I think that the star power of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, two of the three are have been champions and have been and know what it's like to be a champion, um, outweighs the talent of the young and up-and-coming Boston team. Um, but I, I do think that they can make it out of the East, yeah. Boston's going to hell. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> they going right where I'm going to be, on the couch with the remote control. They ain't going, God damn, excuse me. They're not going anywhere. Just my opinion. How long do you think it'll take Brooklyn okay. to win a championship? I think that um, I think LeBron and the Lakers will win a championship this year. Uh, next year is a problem. Once once James Harden, Kyrie, and Durant have a full year together, those 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 guys are younger, stronger, and two of the three been to the mountaintop and got the trophy. Durant got a trophy. Kyrie got a trophy. That's why Kyrie has his swag. People don't realize Kyrie got, Kyrie's a champion. So his swag is un... I mean, he can do whatever he want to do. If he retired, he's a champion. Millions of people across the world, see, including yours truly, I don't have an NBA championship. <laughs> Even though I'm critical of what he's doing, I don't have an NBA championship. He has an NBA championship where he took an important shot. He, in, in, in country terms, he got big draws. Okay? He can do what he want to do. And so that's why he has that. But they're going to win one for James Harden eventually. LeBron's going to retire probably. If they win five, LeBron might retire. People don't people don't realize this. If they if LeBron if the Lakers win this year, LeBron will have five. Out of respect for Kobe, he might retire. LeBron got a lot going on outside of basketball right now. The biggest one is his son, or actually, what all three of his kids. And so he may say, you know what, I'm good. I got five. I tied Kobe. And what people don't realize is that they try to compare him to Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan is his idol. And so I don't know that he has a desire to have more than Michael Jordan. If he ties Kobe, he's like in rare air right now. So, you know, that that's where I am. Where? Um, this is my really quick 30-second hot take on uh, the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden going to them. So the closest that I could think of in recent history in basketball is when KD joined the Splash Brothers in Golden State, right? You had Clay, Steph, and KD as their big three. Three guys who can get, the, who can ball, who can score the basketball at will, like pulling the string too easy, right? And in in uh, in Brooklyn, you have three guys who can score the ball. They can shoot threes. Kevin Durant's a freak. You know, uh, you know, Kyrie, Uncle Drew got handles. He can get to the basket. He can shoot, right? I think that they need to model the the culture that Golden State had to like look like 
nobody's the man. Like we're, we're all the man. We can all get our shots and we all need to gel and, and move the ball with impunity to whoever's open, you know, to be successful. If they can figure that out now, they're going to be a problem. To, to both of you points, to both of you guys' point, I don't think they do it this season. It's possible. You know, if, 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 uh, uh, what's the coach's name? Steve the guy, Nash. uh, Steve Nash. If, yeah, Steve Nash. So if Steve Nash is smart, you know, um, you know, a, a mark of a good leader is to, you know, um, look at your talent and figure, and figure, and figure out what offense, what system works best for them. And I will look across the nation over to what they did in Golden State and try to replicate, uh, what they did to be successful. So, if they figure that out this year, they have the they have the pedigree. Kevin Durant being a two time champion, Kyrie being a champion. I think they can pull James Harden along. And I'm a Laker fan, just for the audience out there in in the universe. I'm a Laker fan, but those three guys are a problem if they get it together and they're healthy and play together. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think it I think it marks for great great theater. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. I wish the NBA playoffs were starting tomorrow, um, so I can see how, <laughs> so I can see how this, uh, you know, uh, uh, carnival slash freak show is going to end up. So, um, any more takes on the NBA season? Or any other topics you guys want to talk about in the NBA? No, sir. No. Um, the, mm, you good? I'm good. There's some. There's some more. I'm concerned about uh, Giannis. And his free throw percentage. Well, we'll talk about that maybe tomorrow or the next day. All right, let's go. Okay. Copy that. Copy that. Um, you know, um, I'll just kind of go around the horn before I conclude the show. Um, you know, again, I, I definitely want to thank, you know, Brooke and Tylen for being our extra, extra special guest on the show. Um, to everybody out in the universe, please work with us with our podcast. Um, you know, we're, we're still a baby you know, learning how to walk, so to speak, with our podcast. So um, if you hear, you know, uh, you know, uh, any portion of the show that might seem like it's just unscripted and, and may seem you're like we're just rambling or, you know, what have you, just bear with us. We're getting it together. Um, but we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, Brooke, you got anything that you want to kind of, you know, close out with before we no, do the show? No, I just appreciate y'all for having me. Thank y'all for the time and the topics. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Anytime, we love having you on the show. Uh, Tyler, you got uh, anything that you want to? Nah, I'm you just. I'm, add it's it's an honor. I'm a fan of the show. I, I I listened to the entire you know first season before y'all went on the break. Um, so it's just an honor to be able to be here on this 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 episode. Uh, so I just thank y'all. Absolutely. Hey, man. Anytime, we definitely appreciate having uh you and Brooks' insight and thoughts and just uh. You know, adding on to the topics that we have. Mule, well, close us out, man. What you got? When we look at the landscape, we've been blessed to come into a new year in 2021. We have to say, okay, thank God we're here. We have our health. COVID, even during the pandemic season, as it peters out, um, we're here. I, I think we just celebrate life every day. Small, slow daily is one of the things we talk about in my organization. And I think it applies to life is, is make small progress, but you do it every day. 
Take your time. Make sure you do it right. Small, slow daily. Um, and so, uh, again, get past the, you know, the, the pandemic. Um, you know, use a Jedi mind trick. There is no COVID. There is no pandemic. Let's march forward. That's where I am. Bear. Copy that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Mules and Goats. Um, please look forward to a new episode from us. Uh, we took a small break, like Tyler said, but we're back on the grind. Uh, we'll definitely be, you know, filming, excuse me, recording. <laughs> we'll definitely be recording, you know, um, our episodes on a, in a more timely fashion. So look for those. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.